To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Hit the donate button. We appreciate everything you contribute. Thank you and enjoy the program. Are you trying to get crazy with this, see? Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, Facebook.com, slash po- Facebooks, Facebooks.com, slash Positive Sarcasm, Instagram, Positive underscore, underscore. <laughs> we're, we're going with it. We're going with it. Facebook.com, slash Positive Sarcasm, Instagram, Positive underscore Sarcasm, Twitter, at POS Sarcasm, Twitch.tv, slash Positive Sarcasm 1. If you aren't subscribed on Twitch, uh, Please? Please? Twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. You can hit me up on all social media. YouTube.com slash, well, just YouTube.com because I don't have enough subscribers yet. So go to YouTube.com, search positive sarcasm. Got over 100 videos on YouTube with almost no views, but that's okay. Chill in the podcast studio. Got a beautiful new blend of coffee, the Christmas blend um, that was gifted to me. An amazing aroma. Mmm. Delicious. Oh, so we got a lot to talk about on the podcast today. I'll probably fuck up about half of it. Um, but we'll start off with if you want to donate to the podcast, you go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Yes, the paypal.me slash positive sarcasm still works. You can still contribute that way. We really appreciate it. However, I have set up the Stripe account through the Squarespace site. So you literally can just go to positivesarcasm.com. You can click the contact slash donate button or just go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Takes you right to that page. You click the donate button where it says click here to donate. And boom, you can insert any amount that you want. And it goes right into my account so I can fund this whole this whole silly dream of mine. You're a dreamer. So I really appreciate it. That's the first order of business. Also, second order of business, last time I ca- I was talking with you fools, yo fool, I was submitting my uh, movie to the Pokin Film Scramble, and I won. Suspense aside, I won. I beat out Fired Up and another movie that I can't even remember and don't care to. But I'm a champion. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, The Beacon, best cinematography, best use of of visual effects, and best film, which is the only one that matters. Best film for the Polkin Film Scramble. I followed all the rules this time, and wow, what a difference uh, following the rules makes. I followed all the rules using all the stipulations. The silent film, the the silent film... (laughs) It's all in the beginning. If you go check out The Beacon on YouTube, go to Positive Sarcasm on YouTube and check out the movie The Beacon. It's only five and a half minutes long. You go there. It'll tell you all the stipulations right at the very beginning of the movie. And I had to follow all those stipulations, and I did. And it definitely helped me score some points. But overall, I won Best Film. Giovanni Orlando Pena was the starring actor. And he did a great job. Um, Also... Uh, it was the return of Milo, the little jumping sumo drone from week 65 and week 20 and several other cameoed episodes. But he is back and he works and he did a good job in his few roles. Yes, it's a he. Don't kid yourself. But he's back. So best film, 
actually kind of I'm 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 proud of that, you know. I'm really starting to show off my cinematography. There was some issues as far as, you know, angles and stuff that I was trying to work out and my camera was not shooting very well at that particular point in time as far as night goes. There was a lot of noise in the background and stuff. But I made it work and I can always do better next time. But I did just enough. I didn't make it too long. It it hit the point. People liked it. And I knew when it was just right enough to submit it. So that's done. Thank you to Giovanni. Thanks to Polkin Productions. And uh, thanks to me for uh, being a, a, a great amateur cinematographer. So that's done. Uh, yeah. So pretty pumped about that. Um, had a meeting last night regarding the Southern Sudan the South Sudan project. Maybe we'll go into that a little bit later. I had my checklist this week, which was to um, do a couple things around the uh, around the studio, uh, some podcast analytics. Uh, I had to, I had to do a I had to call somebody back. Hey, these little things count when you when you're doing a checklist. You'd be surprised how quickly you're able to go through the checklist. Um, did the podcast analytics? Connected the Stripe account so people can donate directly to my website as as opposed to going through the PayPal.me platform, um, which still works. So that's done. Let me just check and make sure that thing's running hot. It is running hot. Running hot. Uh, and then, of course, we'll do some movie reviews. Something I haven't done in a bazillion years is movie reviews. Why? Because the last time I saw a movie, I was traumatized. If you're wondering what movie it was, it was Star Wars The Last Jedi. Justifiably so. Horrible movie. And uh, I literally boycotted the movie theaters for months. Actually, when did The Last Jedi come out? I, I'm going to say, I'll admit to possibly seeing something between last December and now, but I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't watch a single movie from then until now. But I think Last Jedi was the last time I was in movie theaters, and I literally just walked off the face of the earth, earth after after uh, that shit pile of shit came out. But I went to see Creed 2 this weekend, and I have to admit, so... For everything that Creed 2 is, obviously, you know the characters. You know Stallone. Adrian! You know Michael B. Jordan's character if you saw the original Creed. You know the backstory on him. You know pretty much everything that Stallone's going to throw at you from the very beginning. And yet still, with all the shortcuts that the, sh that the movie kind of took, it was still thoroughly enjoyable. If you know the characters and you're in love with the Rocky franchise, it still absolutely works. And it, of course, of course, it is still definitely better than Rocky V. Okay? You can always do yourself a favor and you can avoid Rocky V. However, at this point, when you're watching Rocky Balboa, Creed and Creed II, Rocky V is actually pivotal, pivotal, pivotal to the story of Rocky overall. So in case you haven't noticed, we'll go back in time. Rocky in the rock in the first movie, um, he lives in Philadelphia with his turtles. You know, Cuff and Link. Um, that's he meets Adrian, rapes Adrian, gets Adrian pregnant in the second movie, which is when he fights uh, Creed Apollo Creed. Uh, the second time beats him. Then in the third one, he fights Club of Lang. Hey fool, hey fool, you ready for another beating? You should have never came back. Fights him in the second one, loses the first time. I'm afraid. Beats him in the end. That's Rocky Three. That's where Eye of the Tiger came from. Rocky Four, Drago, the Russian fucking cosmonaut. <laughs> cosmonaut. He shows up, kills Apollo Creed in the next exhibition bout. Rocky goes to Russia, 
beats the shit out of Drago, comes back with a shitload of brain damage, and because he let Pauly, his drunken sidekick brother-in-law, uh, handle all the finances to the family business, while, while uh, Rocky was over in Russia getting his fucking brain cells knocked out, Pauly, bully, was over in the America losing all of, his, all of the family money, all the millions of dollars from getting your face punched in, all that money, gonzo, the kids' funds, everything. Pauly lost all of it, I think. I think that's how it worked out. So basically, he goes through his closet. Uh, Rocky goes into his closet and gets his, you know, gets his hat and his and his favorite bouncy ball. After, of course, returning from Russia with all kinds of severe brain damage, massive amounts of brain damage and post traumatic stress, as we've now come to call it, and moves into uh back into his old crappy apartment in Philly, basically. And from there, he uh shacks up a a premier fighter and from there the i don't know it just from there it just doesn't it, it sucked all the all you need to know is the beginning the only part of the of the rocky of rocky 5 that matters is the beginning of the movie where you show it shows him getting the shit kicked out of him he's got brain damage and he goes broke the rest of the movie after that is completely fucking pointless it re, it really is it is absolutely pointless so then basically you, you can literally jump after watching the first 30 minutes of of rocky 5 you can jump right into rocky balboa which is a gem Rocky Balboa is a special place in my heart as far as movies go. I absolutely love that flick. So you can absolutely watch that. And then, of course, Creed and Creed 2 follows that. Literally all great sequels. So uh, as far as my final verdict on it, um, solid to, a solid addition to the franchise. It's actually a turning point for the whole franchise altogether because uh, Stallone is basically done. Okay, from what he said on his Instagram and announcements and all together, it looks like the Sloan is officially done with the whole Rocky franchise as a part as as being a part of it. I think as an actual mainstream character throughout of it, I think he's done done Um, because he's at the end of the day, Stallone is getting older. You know, he looked really good for a couple of years there at 67, 68, but now he's like 70, 71. And it's definitely starting to show visually on him that he's starting to get a little older. And that sucks because we're going to fucking miss him when he's gone. I mean, he's he is iconic. And how much money he's raked in and his daughters and his he's got a great family, great wife. Um so it was a great it was a very fitting wrap everything up. You know what's coming, you know it's going to be the end. He didn't drag it on for too long. He surprisingly brought that franchise back when you didn't ex- really expect it to. Um, come back at all and yet he pulled it off you know Rocky Balboa was a nice he he the me, reason he made Rocky Balboa was because he didn't like Rocky 5 he said it's just there was something wrong with that movie it didn't feel like it ended right so we decided to make Rocky Balboa which was the uh, the plot line was had a lot of asinine features to it as far as a guy who's 60 years old coming back to fight Antonio Tarver's character but it worked he, he kind of finagled it in some way shape or form but that movie Rocky Balboa had some of the greatest speeches in movie history okay we're, t- we're talking about some movie some speeches that will put you on your ass there's the speech about when um, he talks about his wife dying she didn't leave Paulie she died 
the beast inside of him. Uh, yo, don't I got some rights uh, when he's uh, applying for his boxing license? The one about getting hit and keep moving forward. Nobody hits harder than life. These speeches are iconic and have been copied and stolen and rephrased. All from Rocky Balboa. All from a movie that actually only made about $160 million worldwide. He never saw a dime. Stallone never saw a dime back from that movie. And it's one of my favorite... No, actually, to this day, it's my favorite movie of all time. Over any of the other Rocky movies, that is my favorite movie of all time. Like, the fight isn't even that big of a deal to me. The fight, it's everything before that. I was fucking crying in the first 10 minutes of that movie. I watched... I generally watch Rocky movies by myself because if I was with somebody and they started laughing, I'd, I'd, I'd get mad. I'd get super mad. I'd be like, what do you fucking shut up? You know, let me cry. Let me cry a little bit. Jerk. Um, overall, I go by a five-star system. If you go to positivesarcasm.com and you go to the movie review page, there's about 400 or so movies there that I've reviewed myself. Um, and they all go by a five-star rating system. I don't do and a halves. You know, I don't do halves. Can't go halvesies. Unless we're doing restaurant reviews. Um, so Creed 2 gets a four out of five stars. Three is good. Four is really good. Five is great. Four, if you get, if I, if you get, a, if you get a three or a four out of me, you've done your job. Okay? You get three stars or four stars, good job. Rocky Balboa, uh, Rock, excuse me, Creed 2 gets four out of five stars. Awesome. Loved it. I'm so happy it, it, it went the way it went. Could it have been better in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, probably. But they did what they needed to do, and they did it with only a $50 million budget, which nowadays is actually pretty impressive. Actually, I think Deadpool was a $50 million budget too. You'd be surprised, you know, because think about it like this. Imagine the, the, the production budget behind, like, Pirates of the Caribbean or fucking Avatar. You know, those movies have three, four, five hundred million dollar production budgets. Other Marvel movies have 160 to 200 million dollar production budgets. Other movies have a hundred million dollar production budgets. To do a, a big released movie like that, like Creed 2 for 50 million bucks or Deadpool for 50 million bucks is, is impressive. Definitely impressive. And to have an A-list actor like Michael B. Jordan playing Creed's son, Adonis. And to have all the reoccurring characters from uh, from past Rocky movies in this movie as well. Like, you had to hire Dolph Lundgren. You had to hire his his wife, his past wife, which is actually Bridget Nielsen, who is actually a former ex-wife of Stallone as well. She's in the movie too. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia, who plays Rocky's son in Rocky Balboa, he's in the movie too. So there's definitely a lot of past characters. And to see Dolph Lundgren was cool. There was one scene, I thought they were actually going to fight. I thought Rocky and Dolph were going to fight in the movie. Like, just, like, I don't know, in, like, a subway tunnel or something. Because I got a, I heard a rumor about it. But that never happened. And maybe for the best that they didn't. Because Rocky definitely seemed like an older character in this movie. Mm. Ah, delicious. So, Creed II, um, it was it was worth the 12 bucks I spent at the movie theater. And you know what? The movie theater, they definitely upgraded. Normally, you go in there, you sit down on some scratchy-ass, uh, uh, shitty uh, uh, a chair that doesn't really work right. It's squeaky whenever you move back and forth. There's popcorn stuck to it. People are kicking your fucking seat. You go into this. I went to the same theater a year later. When it's in this nice little theater that's got maybe like 20, 30 seats. 
you sit down. It's got an electronic uh, reclining recliner for your legs and stuff. And it's like, oh my god, nice and cushy. It, it was great. It was absolutely great. And you, it's assigned seating, so you select your seat before you walk. I went to the electronic ticket booth, swipe my card, and it asks you which seat would you like. Here are the ones that are available, and you click on it, and then it then you print out for that spot, and you go over there and you get your ticket. Like oh baller, and I got the the seat that I wanted. Normally, when I go into a movie theater, the seat I want is, for the most part, if I go, I'll go like all the way to the back, and to the left or to the right. Okay, it, it's it's out of the way, but I can see all the screen. Not many people are gonna get in my way, and it's perfect. So, it was great. This, it, I, I was loving where I was sitting. Um, and but here, I mean, first of all. My big mistake was buying popcorn there. I didn't need it. I definitely didn't need the popcorn for sure. I went and got a medium popcorn. It cost me eight, $8.50 or $8.75 for popcorn with butter. I don't know if it was the, the $8. I don't know how much the popcorn was without butter, but with butter, $8.50. That was a lesson well learned. So I won't be doing that again. But the movie was great. Creed 2, recommend it. Go see it. So, and also, I figured I was I was planning to catch up on all my Marvel comic movies as well. So I was like, okay, I've seen all of them except for two. I haven't seen uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and I haven't seen the Black Panther yet. Um, don't call me a hater or anything like that. It's just that, okay, I wasn't able to see Black Panther in the movie theaters because I was just waiting to see the Avengers. I would eventually catch up to it, but... I'm going to. So I'm going to see Black Panther. Spider-Man, because I was already worn out by the first five movies that came out for Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire ones and the zippity Doodah, the other kid. Um, so I was like, <sighs> I was Spider-Maned out. But I caught Spider-Man Homecoming on Amazon, and uh, I was hoping, I was just praying, please don't suck. Just don't suck. And thankfully or not, they, 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 they went in with the same premise. Let's just not make this movie suck. Let's make it fun. Let's make it funny. Let's make it the plot move along. Let's have charm to it. Let's like, like make everybody somewhat likable. Um, and let's make it marvelly. And then throw in some Robert Downey Jr. And they did all that. And he's a good Spider-Man. The enemy was good. The action was good. Everything flowed nicely. A solid three star, three out of five star movie. It was a good Spider-Man. Uh, and I totally am pumped. Uh, for the next Avengers and stuff like that, which I thought was great. I loved it. So three out of five stars for Spider-Man Homecoming. It was fun. Like I said, fun, funny, not cheesy. Michael Keaton definitely helped carry that movie for sure. He's a good villain. Um, Okay, so enough of movie reviews for now. Mm. Let's see. Uh, Patreon situation. Yeah, we'll talk about the Patreon situation in a little bit. Oh, I did want to, um, okay. So it is the holiday. It's the holiday season. Um, sometimes you'll want to bake. People go out of their way to buy shit or for, for people or reserve food. So, you know, catering, it's like, yeah, the holidays can get pretty damn expensive. Um, to be perfectly honest, holidays don't have to be expensive, when all you have to do is bake an apple pie or go or simply go to the liquor store. Okay? Legit. You can buy anybody a $15 bottle of wine, all right, and they'll be perfectly satisfied. I bought them a $25 bottle 
of uh, uh, of rum, whether it be Bacardi or Ron Zacapa. You can find it on you can find it on sale, and you're good to go. Okay, it's not going to cost you a ton of cash. You do that, and maybe get them a small glass set. You're perfect. If they're not into booze, but they like desserts, there's a couple apple pie methods that I have that are fucking stellar. Okay, and I know how everybody likes to, you know, oh, we like to make our own crust. It's like shut up. Okay, who are you kidding? Yeah, do you want to make your own crust? Okay, fine. It's water and flour. Ooh. Wait, you want to add egg? Go nuts. I don't really care. But you want to do that? It's fine. Don't take too much time. Don't stress over it. It's the holidays, okay? You know how many people kill them fucking selves during the holidays? You don't need <laughs> you don't need to be part of the statistic. Keep everything simple, okay? And if you hate your entire family, even better because now you're saving yourself a ton of cash. So, uh, you guys like my shirt? I like my shirt. Looking pretty fly. Yeah, I got the extra double unbutton. That's right. Savage. Hashtag savage. So apple pie methods. Classic apple pie. Okay. Number one, do you have to boil the do you have to boil or heat up the apples before putting them in the app in the actual pie themselves? Answer. No. No uh, question number two. Do you have to take the cores out? Answer. Yeah, that's common sense. Is it easy? Yes. You just get one of those little $2 choppy thingies at the store, and you basically just, it literally, as you push down, all the all the pieces of the apple go into slices. It's perfect. You can do it manually, but the little slicey thing, you literally just press down, and all the apples just kind of, they kind of fall apart into nice little slices. That's perfect. Do you have to peel the apples before putting them in the apple pie? Answer, no. Those things, the, the little pectin skin, that shit falls right apart in the apple pie and it actually helps with the consistency of the apple pie. So you literally do not have to freaking, you know, slice, you know, dice up all the fucking apples. It should take you two seconds per apple. Chop, throw away the core, toss it into the apple pie. If you want to dice it up a little bit more, you can, but don't turn yourself into a head case. So you take that shit, you throw the apples in, in, in there, you add a little brown sugar, you add a little butter... And, of course, a little cinnamon. And then you take that shit, you flop over the top piece, you know, you top, you just flop over that extra piece of, of, of uh, crust, and you take your little fork, and you put the little special edges on the edge of the fork, on the edge of the thing, so it makes you, you know, you're the fucking Picasso apple pies. And then you throw that shit in the oven, and you're done. Boom! Delicious. You didn't have to peel the apple. You didn't have to parboil the apples you literally just took the fucking apples and you slaughtered them and you threw them in the thing and you added the the, the brown sh brown sugar cinnamon and a little bit of butter you throw it and you just cover it and you throw it in the oven done delicious doesn't need to be any more complicated than that you want to use granny smith go nuts you want to do macintosh that's fine you want to add a little pecans whoa Aren't you fucking special? What are you, an artisan? That's fine, too. You can do that. Don't go nuts over it. Little little bit of that with some apple, with some ice cream, some little vanilla ice cream, you're good to go. You don't need to overdo it any more than that. If you don't want to do a whole apple pie and you want to do, like, little individual pockets, hot pockets, you just get some of those. You go to the little store, the little store as opposed to the big store. You go to the store. And you get those little croissant thingies. You know, when you, it's like 99 cents. You literally, it, it, you know, you open the thing up and you pull out, you peel off that one little piece and you kind of twirl it around like that, those little croissant thingies. Take them all, smash them together. Squish the whole goddamn thing together. 
and then just cut it up like that. And then you basically stretch it out, stretch out the little pieces and then turn them into little hot, you know, hot apple pie wontons. You just take a little bit of the apple with the brown sugar and stuff all wrapped around it. And then you just cover it with that little wonton thingy with the little with the little croissant wrapper and throw that shit in the oven. You got these little hot pocket apple pie thingies with a flaky croissant cut crust and it just kind of oozes out. It's delicious. You take you take one of those and you, you stick it on top of the on top of the ice cream. You're 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 an amazing human being. That with a little bit of coffee, you're the bell of the ball. If you want to just make applesauce instead, because you don't want to be running around with apple pies, just take the apples, core them out, you know, with the little thing that I showed you. Take that shit, throw it in a, in a high capacity blender. And here's the thing: if you want to really be cool, so what you do is check this shit out. Oh, and by the way, if you are baking apple pie. Spread a little butter on top of the crust before you bake it. Just trust me on that. But if you're going to be doing applesauce, take like five different types of apples. Granny Smith, Golden Delicious, Red Delicious, uh, regular Orchard apples. You take those four different kinds, kind of mix up the flavor. You throw that shit in a blender. Take the stem off, of course. Um, then mix those bitches up. If you want to get super special, take a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of honey. Honey! Drop that shit in the blender too. Spin that stuff up. Now you got a cinnamon honey applesauce. Throw that stuff in one of those ball jars. Is it ball? I think it's ball. Mason jars. And then give that as a gift. Put a little, nice little bow on the top of it. Here you go. Here's some homemade applesauce. <gasps> you shouldn't have. How fucking easy was that? How easy was that? That's right. Shopping during the, Shopping or giving... Gifts to family during the winter t- during the holidays shouldn't be that difficult. And if it's Hanukkah, this is all kosher, I think. Are apples kosher? Yeah, apples are kosher. I should know. Oh, hold on. Refill the coffee. Ooh, this is some good shit, too. This coffee is legit. Not that I would drink shitty coffee. If you're looking for a cheap, a, a cheap coffee with a strong, bold flavor, Cafe Bustelo. Comes in a little cocaine-looking package. It's yellow. It's firm. Then once you cut it open, you can hear the vacuum escape from it. It's delicious. So now, as far as the ice cream, the ice cream is important as well. Now, a classic vanilla bean uh, ice cream is always a good go go-to. But if you're looking to kind of make something a little bit outrageous, just a little bit. You don't want to go too far on the whole apple pie theme. Apple pie with a little bit of vanilla ice cream. You don't want to go too extreme. But there is such a thing as the maple bacon ice cream. And we'll try to break that down for you. So, maple bacon. Can you buy maple ice cream? Yes, you can. Can you buy maple bacon ice cream? No, you can't. Can you make maple bacon ice cream? Absolutely. So, you have your maple bacon you have your maple ice cream, or you add in some maple syrup, you know, something like that. But the bacon is the, is, the, is the key. So what you do is fry up a whole bunch of bacon. You fry up a whole bunch of bacon. And then once it's done, make sure it's crispy too. You don't want to get, uh, there'll be some, there will be some rendered, some actual fat that goes into the ice cream, which will help with the consistency and the flavor. But you definitely want to dry out the bacon a little bit. So make sure it's definitely more crispy than gelatiny and then chop it up chop it up and then throw it in 
a store pa- a regular store packaged vanilla bean or vanilla ice cream and then put that put that that bacon in there mix it all up and then throw it in the fridge or excuse me throw it in the freezer and then just let that sit overnight and then try it the next day you're going to be a happy man it is it is amazing i'll tell you that much you put that shit on top of on top of uh, apple pie your uh, people are going to be asking you to come back Mm. So, you definitely want to get creative. The creativity is going to help keep the money in your pocket during the holidays. It'll also help keep the gun out of your mouth, too. Um, It ties into, you know, being resourceful. Because I see a lot of people nowadays throwing out old shit when they could either be repairing it, selling it, and using the extra money to upgrade or do something else. You know, I see people leave stuff on the side of the road all the freaking time. Stuff that they could be selling, stuff that they could be repurposing. People are getting very contemporary with their homes. A lot of people are not buying a lot of new age stuff. You know, they're not going super Ikea. You can be just as efficient with old school contemporary looking stuff and still saving space. The problem with, right, the, one of the reasons why people don't like to use a lot of contemporary type of furniture is because it takes up a shitload of space. So they, they go to Ikea or something like that because it's the stuff is specifically designed for small square footage apartments or small homes places like New York City or San Francisco where the square footage is very small so they need a certain size desk or, or a certain shape desk or a certain size certain size table or something but you can there's there are plenty of things you have to understand homes were not big back in the day either there was first of all uh, ceilings were low in the olden days, for the most part, there was, you know, people were shorter. There was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of room exactly in, in all these cases, you know, especially in townhomes as well. So you had to make, there were smaller tables, there were smaller uh, desks and stuff. So you can find older bistro tables that will, will work as dinner tables, end tables, side tables, coffee tables that you can refurbish and you can use. They'd be a perfect addition to your home. Or you can restain them and make them the color that you want them to be or something like that. Or you can just fucking outright sell them. Just sell them on Craigslist for like 10 bucks. Somebody will buy it. That's your gas money. You know? That's your electric bill or something to that effect. It's, you Take the extra time. Take the extra 10 seconds. Just snap a couple photos. Do a quick description. And throw it up online. Eventually somebody's going to buy it. And you throw like 10 or 12 things up on there of shit you don't have anymore. Shit you don't, or excuse me, shit you don't need anymore. And you're going to have that extra $100 bill that you can go and do something with. Believe me, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. Anytime you have the opportunity to sell something you don't necessarily need, take advantage of it. You never know what people are willing to buy until they are literally texting you saying, I want this. Can you sell it to me? I also want to say hi to Bomba Mus F-I-N. I have no idea who the hell you are, but welcome to the chat room. Hmm. I have no idea what his icons are, but that's fine. Uh, let's see. So the Patreon situation. So um, if you are a fan of YouTube, which I'm assuming you probably are, there was a, there, there's somebody on there known, known as Sargon of Akkad. Sargon of Akkad is a bit of a provocateur. He's also an information, you know, he's a rogue journalist per se. Actually, I would say, that, yeah, he's a rogue journalist. He's from the UK. He reports on a lot of the current situations that are going on in the UK, and there's definitely a lot of issues going on right now. Uh, Brexit, immigration uh, reform, um, 
Islamic extremism. There's a lot of issues going on. Taxes. There's a lot of problems right now. Free speech issues. There's a lot of issues in Britain. And he's there at the front of it. Well, Patreon. Patreon, if you don't already know, is a site where creators can go, independent creators can go, and they can set up um, a platform there where people can fund their company, their entire operations, because that's one, you know, us independent creators, especially like myself, we need a place where we can get our money so that we can fund these things or pay employees or pay for trips or pay for gear. Patreon is one of those places. Patreon, you go there, you set up your account. There's some incentives for people who uh, uh, donate more money. And Patreon has originally their, their, their mission statement was if it doesn't happen on Patreon, it's not our, it's not our, it's not ours to, to judge jury and execute. However, something you can go and look it up. You can go look and go on Twitter. You can go on YouTube and you can find out all about the situation with Sargon of Akkad. But because of something he said to somebody else where he was mocking them using racial slurs that they were using against him, Patreon, even though it didn't even happen on the Patreon platform, they deemed it as hate speech that is apparently against their policies, and they banned Sargon of Akkad straight up. So they banned him, and that's a way of him losing funding. Now, if it can happen to Sargon of Akkad, it can and will happen to other creators. Anyone who that Patreon doesn't that deems inappropriate or doesn't straight up just doesn't like the, their politics. So, to be perfectly honest, they banned him. Well, what's happening now... Uh, what is that? Taxes in Cali? Do I even care about that? Who gives a shit? So, how does this affect other creators? Well, a lot of creators, they make a lot of their money through Patreon. Through GoFundMe, things like that. Patreon being one of them. They make a large majority of how they pay their employees and how they fund their YouTube channels and everything like that. Because YouTube has already begun demonetizing people like Dave Rubin. Um, so how are you going to, and Dave Rubin has a whole, he's got a whole, uh, uh, studio. He's got employees that he's got to pay. He's got to pay for the airfare and hotel accommodations. I think for the guests that he has on his show. So where's that money coming from? Well, it was coming through his Patreon account. Well, what happens if Patreon, now they banned Sargon of Akkad. They already believe banned Alex Jones if he didn't already have an account. So then what happens if they, they ban Dave Rubin? What happens if they ban, uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. It just they just keep going down the ladder and keep pushing pushing the boundaries further more till anybody who disagrees with them for any reason whatsoever they just ban they flat out straight out ban. That's not a free that's that's oppressive. That's definitely impressive. So they all switch to subscribe subscribe star which runs through the the PayPal platform. They all went after subscribe star and now subscribe star is basically dead in the water right now at least for right now. So. What do these people do? Well, Dave Rubin, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, all the intellectual dark web heavy hitters um, started moving in and shaking. They started discussing. Sam Harris pulled his entire platform off of Patreon, so he decided he was going to get his funding other ways. He also has books. He has a podcast, and he has other ways of being funded. Dave Rubin, you can also fund him through other means. You can go to DaveRubin.com slash donate i believe that's how it is or ruben report slash donate you can check out or you can fo follow him on twitter at ruben report so you can that's how you can hit up dave ruben and ask him there jordan peterson is doing the same thing matter of fact jordan peterson is working on a whole new subscription platform um that's a little more friendly to the whole free speech thing um so 
these are serious matters that need to be attended to. And these guys are definitely at the front of it. Um, and then it was another, it was the number, they were the number, another crew. They're the number five top uh, in, in revenue or whatever for Patreon. And they just condemned what what Patreon did to Sargon of Akkad. So these things are starting to create, this shit is happening very, very quickly. And remember, if you have nobody visiting your page or donating through your page, and then your page starts to fall apart like Evergreen State College. Well, guess what? The people have spoken. Don't piss off the people because when they gather, you're not going to have a company anymore. And Patreon needs to be really fucking smart about the next move they make. And sadly, I think they already made it because they doubled down. They put, they put out a statement double, uh, backing up their decision to ban Sargon of Akkad. And you can go and check that out on, you can follow either Jack Conti on Twitter or you can go to Patreon's uh, Twitter account and check it out there. But they doubled down which is the last thing you want to do when the people are upset because there's nothing worse. When the people become a mob, you can't control the mob. Mob-like mentalities are uncontrollable. So these guys are bolting or they're getting ready to bolt or they're speaking out. Now, how does this affect PS? Well, currently it doesn't. It doesn't affect PS in this way. Uh, PositiveSarcasm.com has a Patreon account. Did I actually ever finish it? No. Do I get any of my funding from Patreon? No. Will I be using any of my... Will I be putting anything on Patreon in the future? Not at this time. I do not look to build anything on Patreon at all whatsoever. I feel like uh, it's just not conducive for me to do that at this time i feel like there's already too many people on there right now how many will people people how many people will be left after the quote run on the bank is done i have no idea but i think right now at this time there's just no point in me even trying to get on patreon to get into people's good graces that way i'd rather just get my money from posing music or from donors through paypal or through the new donation setup that i have which goes right to, through my website okay right through my website um, and through other ways of, of making money. So there's no reason for me to set up Patreon. And quite frankly, I'm if, if it's the IDW, the Intellectual Dark Web, if that's the way they think, then that's what I support. And if they think Patreon is doing something very foolish, then there's no reason to uh, go against what they're thinking because I agree with them. So Patreon, I'm all set. I continue to use PayPal, paypal.me. You know PayPal is kind of like they're very two-faced with what they do. I've never had an issue with PayPal. So I will continue to have them as an option for people who choose to fund positive sarcasm. Ugh, getting some burps. I don't know what the hell's the matter with me. This coffee's good, though. So if you want to support your creators, ask them how you can support them in other ways other than Patreon. Um, it does make... Right now, it is making a difference, okay? Because people are definitely speaking out. And there's definitely a lot of politics and other ideologies at play here that are highly dangerous. So you need to know that going forward. So does it affect does Patreon, this situation with the Patreon stuff, affect PS? Nope. No way whatsoever. Okay. Uh, then a couple more things I want to talk to. This might be a short episode because, I don't know, I'm kind of peeling through stuff pretty quickly. So I guess I'll just fucking peel through it and uh, wherever we land, we land. Works for me. 
uh, let's see the south the taxes in California. Okay, we'll we'll say something about the taxes in California. I, I was watching Philip DeFranco. Go on uh, YouTube.com slash Philly D or just go to YouTube.com. Look up Philip DeFranco. He's my news guy. I love watching him for news stuff. He's fantastic. So he was talking about there was a there was a bill proposed in California that would ch- um, tax you for your text messages. And that's actually uh, there was a massive outcry and they actually killed the bill. But it just goes to show you how dumb the state of California is. I mean, this is uh, people want to live there so they can be by the ocean and they can get they have access to opportunity like uh, uh, Hollywood jobs and and the coastline and just all the the mythos 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 behind California. Have I been? Yes, I've been to California on several occasions. L.A. is a shithole, and it's even more of a shithole now. I loved San Francisco when I was there, but it's disgusting now. The homeless population was bad then. It's out of control now. Okay, they've overrun the area. And the, the, the ideologies in there, there have now definitely pushed to the forefront, and this quote-unquote sanctuary city is a shithole. And it's very sad, too, because it's also one of the most expensive cities to live in, and it's a beautiful area, especially, like, you know, Napa Valley and stuff. But it's just so depressing to know that San Francisco, which was such an amazing city when I visited there, that I almost never left because I cried on the way to the airport. And it's a long it's a long drive from the red light district to San Francisco airport. It's like 45 minutes. And to know what it is now. And it's part of that California governor, uh, that California government that is just their heads are so far up their asses. And it's just let's just tax this and tax that and raise this and red tape. And it's just it's ridiculous. So it's extremely upsetting to know that one of the greatest states in the country is just making thinking of such foolish things like text messages. Because if you're going to tax people on their text messages, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go on their phone and they're going to start using programs like Facebook chat. Facebook messaging, WeChat, um, all types of other messengers, any other type of platform where they where they can avert that, and it, it's it's gonna hurt California, big time. So I, I'm, I don't even know. I can't even fathom how this would even be proposed. Or well, I can understand it could be proposed because there's always that one dumb idiot in the in the Congress that decides, hey, maybe we should do this. It's another thing for all the other fucking morons in in the Senate or or in, in the state Senate. To be like, uh, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Maybe we should move this forward. And then everybody starts screaming and yelling in, in public. And, and then all of a sudden the government goes, oh, maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah, no shit. Genius. So that was that. Um, I guess kind of to wrap up, because I haven't really, you know, I, I've it's been a long week. I've been very tired. And... Yeah, it's just been a long week. I've been very tired. Uh, but I am, you know, trying to keep up with stuff. I haven't, since The Beacon, since putting out the movie The Beacon on YouTube, I haven't done any other uh, video work. I literally went out to do some video work, and then I stopped in my tracks, and then just came home. I just, I went there, blanked out, and came back. I had nothing, I had nothing going on. So I was like, all right. But right now, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm set up, I've set up a meeting with Polkin Productions. We're going to, we're going to, you know, sit down. We're going to go over a bunch of the proposals I have for videos and video projects and stuff. Ones that I've been working on for well over a year. 
put those together, see where we go from there. If we can get those moving, you know, hopefully we can we can have those to you on YouTube in the coming months. The South Sudan project is the last thing I want to talk about. If you don't know anything about the South Sudan, South Sudan used to be part of Sudan, which gained its independence in the late 60s, I believe, you know, 50s, 60s. And then just about less than a decade ago, the South Sudan gained independence and then became a failed state through tribal warfare. And then basically all the refugees from the South Sudan fled to, fled to Sudan, but the government won't accept them. They basically just gave them a bunch of camps, you know, refugee camps and says, you can stay here. We don't care what you do, but you can't work here and we're not going to give you any benefits. Okay. But you've got thousands of people there. You've got thousands of kids that can't get, uh, they can't get Sudanese of uh, citizenship. So they're just sitting in these camps. They got no money for food, no way to, tr no real way to travel or no money to be able to travel by bus and no education system. So I've hooked up with these people from the Southern, from the South Sudan project. And they're, they're right now seeking donations to uh, build schools, get recording gear because they had really bad recording gear. Because when I saw the footage that they sent me, sent to me about, like about about two or three weeks ago, the footage was so bad. So we're talking about probably getting some good video cameras or some decent video cameras, like some Sony CX240 Handycams. Send them over there and um, get some better footage. Because sometimes you do, it's easier to convey the message when the footage is a little clear. Um, it's just, it was one of the things that we discussed last night and we're going to put together, um, a video project for a, a documentary and we're going to go ahead and, um, we're going to go ahead and try to get that video done within the next few weeks and get that published out and I'll drop it on YouTube. But right now they're, they need money for schools. They need money for, um, they need money for schools. They need money for food. And we're talking about 400 kids between, uh, you know, for two sessions. So there's a small school session in the morning and a small school session at night. And then we got to feed these kids. So we're working on all this stuff together to try to get it, you know, get, we'll have a huge presentation in late January and hopefully, um, hopefully we can have this thing presented to you. It's just, there's a lot going on in South Sudan and in Sudan right now for these kids, and I'm trying to find a way of how I can help, and it's by putting the presentation and all the video. I have all this video, hundred, you know, like 50, 60 gigs worth of video that I have to put together to present to the masses so that we can help them you know, understand what's going on there. And hopefully more information down the road. I'll focus on getting that done. When I get it done, I'll present it. I'll drop it on YouTube when it's ready, and then we can go from there. So it's the South Sudan Project. If you have questions about South Sudan and what it's all about, you can go ahead and you can just Google South Sudan, what's going on there. There was a genocide. There was a war, and they, they're fleeing in the thousands, and they're stuck in Sudan right now with no, with no citizenship and no government assistance, and they're stuck. They're stuck. And it has nothing to do with religious extremism or anything like that. It's literally just there was a war and they fled and they're stuck. So we're trying to build them some schools so they can get an education because these kids want to learn. We've got to get them fed because these are the future. The goal is to get these kids, get them to the point where they can go back to Sudan and be the future leaders of that country so that they can eventually turn the country around. And one more stable, and believe me, when there's one more stable country in the world, just one more, it makes a hell of a difference for the entire region. Because you can't be pushing all these immigrants 
or all these refugees onto other countries, it's just going to bleed on. It's going to put hurt on the country and lean on the country to the point where those countries are going to start to suffer as well. We want South Sudan to be strong. We want Sudan to be strong and we want the surrounding countries to be strong as well. So we got to figure out how to get these kids fed, get them educated and get them out there making a difference. So I will, when I have more information on this, on, on this, I will happily get it out to you. But for now, right now, we are in the we're in the second stage of what we're going to do this weekend. I'm going to be picking up some uh, some stuff so I can get all the footage onto one device, and then I'm going to start editing from there. I got to make a couple phone calls uh, to get some people to do some color correction on some of the videos because the videos are terrible. So we will go ahead and uh, get that moving, and then January 19th. By the time January 19th rolls around, the actual uh, presentation of the video will be done locally. And then from there, the she, the, uh, the presenter is going to be literally on a plane afterwards to the South to Sudan to check up on the progress of the of the schools being built. And while that's being done, I'm going to be going ahead and getting this actual video set up for YouTube to actually get it up on YouTube. Um, then you guys can get a better understanding of what we're of what they're trying to accomplish. And then after she returns from this from Sudan, we're going to be going to other venues too, like uh, like somewhere in Boston and Massachusetts and stuff like that to uh, do the same presentation of what we did locally, and then see what else we can do from there. But if you want, like I said, if you want to know more about the about South Sudan and what was going on there, you can just literally Google it. it it's it's well known about what these kids are kind of stuck where they are right now. And the idea is this, the idea is this, if, if they're not in, if they are in school being fed and being educated, they're not out on the streets doing hazardous and dangerous jobs. They're not out there being trafficked. You know, they're in school with private funding from the United States, not from the government, not from the federal government, but private donors doing this. Um, it's kind of a form, it's, it's very clever. And obviously, it doesn't take a lot to fund something like this because, you know, a little bit, of, you know, a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there will feed a whole hell of a lot of kids. A couple dollars here, a couple dollars there will get them the textbooks and the education that they need and help put bricks on top of the building. You know, these are some of the things to consider. It doesn't take a lot. And if it goes viral in some way, shape or form, then absolutely this can, it, it can, there could be a huge, you know, burst in, 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 do, in donors. You know, it take in this. It this is a little more black and white as far as the the urgency of this scenario. Uh, the Hero Pups one took a little more time to grow, but the Hero Pup situation is now in very very good hands and is going to be going in nothing but a positive direction. And obviously, when there's more events with with Hero Pups, I'm gonna you know I'll be there with the camera rolling, and those those will be up on the internet as soon as I'm done with them. But the South Sudan one is something that is a, there's a, there's a different type of sensitivity to it. Um, that I'm learning about very, very quickly. And uh, hopefully I presented it in an appropriate manner to the masses once the video is done. But I'm in close contact with everybody at the core of this whole thing. So if you, like I said, Google South Sudan, the situation there, you'll get to, you'll get to realize very quickly what the hell's going on. So, but uh, like I said, if you want to, you know, this is going to be a shorter week. And I'm checking out Slick Deals right now. If you're looking for cool, like like I said, there's still some time to shop for the holidays. So if you want, you can go to slickdeals.net. Check out the local forum. You might be able to find some stuff for last-minute shopping. It's slickdeals.net. There's all kinds of awesome deals on from electronics to shoes. There's killer deals on shoes right now. Video games, clothes, cell phones. You can also go to their live section. They got a live forum where you can check out the latest deals. Ooh, that's coffee. 
84 count of McCafe premium K-cup coffee pods, medium, 21 bucks. Whew, that's a lot of Java. So you can go to slickdeals.net, check out the, the front page deals, the popular deals, the trending deals, and of course the live page feed, which is live all day and all night. And so you can check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at POS Sarcasm. You can go to Instagram. You can check me out there po at positive underscore sarcasm. Please send me a message. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can hit me up in all my social media or you can go to positivesarcasm.com, click the contact page, and just hit me up there. You can email me at positive sarcasm at outlook.com. If you want to donate, you go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate. And there's also a PayPal link there too in case you don't want to use the in-website donation thing. All donations are appreciated. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can check out all my vlogs, week one through 100. Positive uh, YouTube, just look up positive sarcasm. Look for my logo there. Like, subscribe, and share. Check me out on social media, twitch.tv. Every time I podcast, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. All my links are on my Facebook page, but you can go to positivesarcasm.com. You can check out the movie reviews. You can check out the old article archive. You can check out all my YouTube videos there. You can check out, you can check me out. There's an event gallery with events that I've done from beginning to recent. Um, I do want to update a little bit more, but we'll see. But right now it's the winter time. It's a little dark out right now. If you've been paying attention, the sun just went down behind me. When the sun goes down. It's part of a song. I don't know which one it is. But we went over today, we went over the new donate section for PositiveSarcasm.com, the fact that The Beacon won Best Film at the Pokin Film Scramble. I made that video, by the way, just to let you know. Uh, we talked about, eh, we didn't talk about the actors being brave. We don't really need to. Creed 2, getting four out of five stars. Loved it. Spider-Man Homecoming, watched that at home, gave it three out of five stars. The Method for Apple Pie, we talked about throwing out old shit repairing it, selling it, making money off it, the Patreon situation, the South Sudan project, we covered it all. So if you have any other questions, hit me up, positivesarcasmoutlook.com and all my other social media. I appreciate you guys for watching, listening, subscribing, questioning, making fun of. Enjoy your coffee. I will talk to you next week. Is that after Christmas? We'll find out. Thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you guys later. Thank you to everybody who jumped on Twitch, if only for a matter of a few minutes. I'll talk to you next week. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.